Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. Oh, and I am still positive Chuck Mockler. And we're still coming at you three days a week. Oh, yes. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are Locked on Clippers, part of the Locked on NBA Network. We bring you Clippers news now three days a week. Three days a week. Bit of a sabbatical coming up until the draft, but we'll get into that on, on Friday's episode. You'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that uh, Anyways, we got a show lined up for you today. We, I mean, unfortunately have to open the show on a bit of a somber note, mm-hmm. it was announced today that Kawhi Leonard underwent successful surgery to repair a partially torn ACL in his right knee. So the injury was you know, sort of worse. I, I, I think with how much time went by, the, the injury was worse than we thought it was, but we'll get into that. Yeah, for sure. We also did a mailbag Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, which we will be continuing to do throughout the offseason. Got some great questions from everybody on there uh when can they send their questions or how can they get questions featured on their show if you have any listening want to ask a question look out for the prompt over on our twitter at locked on clips yes also follow it's a fun time yeah uh is that prompt going up on tuesdays goes up on tuesdays um yeah and if you just have a question anytime shoot it over we'll, we'll chop it up yeah absolutely uh and then we're also going to talk about paul george's off season uh things that we liked from the season as well as what he can work on to get to that next level which might be all the more important with the recent news Oof. and then in shavings uh slash lonzo talk we're going to talk about uh the pell situation with lonzo ball how that could relate to the clippers gotta wish a happy birthday to a very special man belated uh, yeah, but well deserved uh and you know maybe some other stuff kicking around so all that and more coming up right about now but first gotta let you know today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of the locked on rooms. You are locked on Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, welcome to Kawhi Leonard Knee Talking slash Mailbag Wednesday. Um, yeah, tough. Chris Ouch. Hayes. Around 5.45 on Tuesday evening, we were all just minding our own business, doing whatever we were doing. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, the Clippers announced that Kawhi Leonard underwent surgery to repair a partially torn ACL. Surgery happened on the 13th, according to the official team press release, which does seem confusing at first. Because you're like, if they knew they needed surgery, why would they wait? But I think there was a wait for the swelling to go down issue here. So we are also, as you might we're not doctors. You, you might have ascertained. We are not doctors. To the show before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, medical doctors, but. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my thing with this is, yes, from a recovery standpoint, as well as you would think just a pain managing and like everyday standpoint, uh, that you would have wanted to sort of work this out sooner. So my kind of thought when we heard that there was a little bit of a lack of communication going on between the official team training staff and yes. as well as, you know, Kawhi's kind of personal um, team of doctors. My, my initial thought was that they were worried, worst case scenario, for surgery. They wanted to shop around. And by that, I don't mean like the cost, but talk to different doctors. Yeah. Talk to different specialists. His own staff. Yeah. So sort of see, you know, what that would look like, what the return time would look like what the longevity of that solution would be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was my initial thought. And then I think with a partial tear, once again, I'm not a doctor, but it's got to be a little bit more difficult to want to immediately pull the trigger on a surgery, right? Yeah, it's like, and 
Natasha Dye, Clipper Superfan, just had a great tweet where she was like, I think the last month has shown that no one knows anything with how this information works. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I'm going to just comfort myself and be like, it was a swelling issue. They had to wait for it to go down to properly do the surgery. Yeah. So that's what I'm choosing to believe at this point. <laughs> and, and and just in that line of thought, too, like we can't really predict what the timeline is going to look like right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, in line with people not really knowing about these things. You know, Giannis didn't have his leg amputated. <laughs> like uh, right. some people were saying yeah. initially with that injury. So, I mean, it's tough to say. It definitely, I mean, we're definitely looking at months, um, you know, for sure. Maybe. Uh, as to the actual number, uh, I think that's still very much up in the air. My understanding of this type of, type of surgery, uh, which is low, admittedly, um, <laughs> even with a partial tear, it's, it's similar to a reconstruction of a full tear wherein they're using a graft um, to, to re-strengthen um the area and mm -hmm. look it's uh, from what i've webmd'd you know figured out on the internet uh yeah. <laughs> it seems that for athletes they a lot of times do recommend just going um going the surgical route um just due to the amount of force uh yeah and these the, are and not regular people getting acl surgery yes and, uh, and the you know like yeah, just due to the force and, and the strain that, yeah. that is going to happen. Muscles can be too strong for ligaments, Yeah, which is the thing. Um, real quick, does this change your want for him to try and sign a longer deal? We kind of talked about this with Carl Tart. Um, now there's like kind of a, I mean, we don't have to get too far into it, but it's kind of something in the back of your mind for a five-year deal. Here's my thing. Any five-year deal at this point, I mean, it's the same for Paul George, right? Like, yeah, you you're hoping for you hope you get three good years out of a five right. year deal. For sure. Like you have, it has been worth every cent if you get three good years out of that five year deal. Definitely, that's a good uh, so that to me doesn't change a thing. Um, I mean, look, man, injury histories are scary. The biggest question I would have to ask is, if not Kawhi, what real free agent are you getting? Yeah, who's for sure. comparable or better? Yeah, exactly. Even on the the surgery. Um, all we can do now is wait for the next news dump. Yeah. Because that's how this works. Shout out to Kawhi's camp for being the quietest. Um, now we're getting into some... And uh, the big CH, Chris. Yes, the big Chris H. Um, now we're getting into some questions real quick. Corey DiBiase, uh, he says, any low-key free agents we should sign this offseason? And I got to say, I got to go with Nerland's Noel. It's time. Ooh, I love that one. We've talked about him on this Clippers team on this podcast since we've been hosting it. He made $5 million last year. Can't imagine it's going to be much more than that this next season. He'd be a great third center, depending on what happens with Patterson and Boogie. He's better than both those guys at defense, which is what our third center needs to be like. Yeah. I would love Nerlens Noel as a third center. Yeah, I mean, he's got the energy. Uh, I I guess jury's still out on like what he's like as a teammate. Um, Fair. I know that he's had some clashes with coaches. Yes. Um, so, so that is... He eats hot dogs during games, which if you listen to this show, you know that I am all for. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, other than that, like, I haven't really gotten to wrap my head around other free agents. I mean, I don't know if for they're sure. low-key, they're high-key for me. The most important <laughs> free agents of the Clippers offseason are Nick Batum and Reggie Jackson. Of course. Um, Jenny John, speaking of Nick Batum, says, What is your level of interest with Batum's play in minutes on the French national team, given how he looked during the Clippers' playoff run? Great question, Jenny John. Get it. Dude, I'm kind of like bummed he's playing for the French national team because he looked not right. Like, I just want him to get healthy. 
I think it's fine, man. If he's just chilling and like getting his minutes in, cool. But if I, I just, I just want him to be healthy. I'm being selfish because I, I mean, great. I hope he plays well for France, but be healthy for the Clips too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he will be. Uh, I think you know, international basketball is a little more physical too than the NBA. <clears throat> yeah, that's definitely true. Um, but I, I also think that you know he he went so long without playing basketball to right. being a starter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to you know, then coming off the bench, uh, but still being you know a pivotal player. To then you know, really taking on one of the heaviest minute loads on the team. Yeah. Uh, in the playoffs, so you know, I think you gotta you, you gotta take all that stuff in context. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's a little bit tricky with players and their expectations of their bodies. You know, because I think that sure. everyone is probably going to push it past what they should, especially with like the Olympic. Like, you know, he he seems to also really want to play for the French national team. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. But I think it's another one of those things. Like, uh, it's definitely a confidence booster if things go well. You know, yeah. which I, I think is great. Um, and also, it's just it's just more reps. Which Batum, I mean, I know we worry about the age, but like. I think time off of basketball is is maybe even harder than the age. It feels like there's two kinds of guys, right? Like there's there's the guys who are like, this is the offseason. I'm going to train, but I'm not going to be going super crazy, which is totally fine. And then there's the guys like uh, like Trez, where it's like, I'm playing basketball 24-7 in the offseason as hard as possible. I hope he maybe just takes the Lou Will approach. Stop lifting weights. Does what he needs to do. Stop lifting weights. <laughs> just ball. Eat more wings. Just hoop. Yeah, eat more wings. Um uh, Sonia Torta asks, do you think the bigs we have on the roster are athletic enough to get us to the finals? Gotta say yes, because we also use bigs in an interesting way in the playoffs. Surge was healthy. I'm loving that five out lineup. Like, I, I think they are. Yeah, I mean, so... <sighs> yes, if healthy. <laughs> um, I don't know. I still, like, I have more questions, I guess, about our... Uh, rotation at the actual center spot now than I suppose I did before. Yeah, pre-Serge um, Ibaka needing surgery. Yeah, and I think it also depends on on how much we want to trend small during the regular season. Um, I think that, you know, a little bit is is good for continuity, you know, and just time on the court um, and just how effective it has been for this team. But you also don't want to burn it out uh, with players, you know, who, as I mentioned in Nick Batum, uh, certainly Marcus Morris and other guys already are taking on a larger minute role. Yeah. Um, and he also, I mean, like, I got to say yes. All right. <laughs> this is a roundabout way of saying I got to <laughs> say yes, because two of them were seriously injured. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah exactly. still made it to game six of a Western Conference final. Yeah. So I, I would be inclined to say yes. Yeah. Um, got a couple real quick. We're gonna be, we got a draft question we're going to talk about in shavings. Um, David Mines says, would it be wise to lose our depth to trade for a big name and become top heavy like Brooklyn? Some names like John Wall have been brought up, but we wouldn't have gone as far as we did this year without having a deep team. Oof. I think that last part that he put in there is why I'm against like the the third star trade because we wouldn't have gotten this far if we didn't have a deep team. It's obvious what this team's depth can do. Look, buddy, I'm a Clippers fan. I'm haunted by injuries. I'll forever <laughs> be haunted by injuries. I don't know that we can let us afford- roster 25 players. I don't know that we can afford to sacrifice depth. <laughs> yeah, dude. What? Yeah, I don't even. I'm not even gonna think about it. Um, great question though. Great question and worth it because this team makes deals. Yeah. Um, Spilky Vision asks, who do we want to see take an assistant coaching job with the Clips? Natalie Nakasi. Yeah. That's it. it. Yeah. I mean, we need another spot. Two more spots, actually. God damn. Um, I hope Natalie's one of them. 
Um, unless she prefers coaching in ACC, then keep doing your thing. Yeah. But I haven't really been able to track assistant coach vacancies. Just being no, I haven't either. And I mean, like we've taken two pretty significant hits. Yeah. Um, in that area, so that's something definitely to monitor. Moving on, I, I do love this question. Um, but yeah, Natalie Nakase. Uh, I mean, okay, so I just want to bring up one side thing, and I don't mean to tangent too hard. Uh oh. But you know how Portland kind of dragged Becky after they they ended up with the Chauncey hire. They said when they did their due diligence, there were people in the Spurs camp that yeah. were not that happy with her performance. Which is like, <laughs> let's just go out on a limb, which it, to me is the most teetering, uh, least supporting of limbs that is fully out there. And let's say that there is some... Uh, Reason that Greg Popovich would keep this coach who's not very good at her job. Well, or there's though. some rough... I, I don't even mean that. I don't mean she's not good at her job. I mean, like, let's just say... Because this was brought up that maybe there's, you know, some some ruffled feathers between the organization and Becky. Okay. Love to have her on the bench. That'd be great. Um, yeah, they man, Portland. What the hell are they doing up there? Um, coming up, we're gonna be talking Paul George's offseason with things we like from this season, but there are some things he needs to work on. But first, we ought to give a shout out to Green Room, the app, not the movie. The summit is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group of your choice for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. Can't wait to join you when we're on that app at some point. I'll be sure to let you know when the Lockdown Clippers room is live. Download the Green Room app today, Green Room. Changing the way we talk sports. Okay, so we're back and we're kicking things off talking about Paul George's offseason. Yes. Chuck, what do we like about Paul George this season? There's so much to like. The on-season for Paul George was phenomenal. Um, he improved his playmaking, which we're going to talk about also what he needs to improve for the next season. Um, he was more efficient. When Kawhi was down, he did nothing but put the entire team on his back. Playoffs yeah. in regular season. It was huge. Um, I mean, you put a note in here. His rebounding in the playoffs was absurd. Something else, man. Yeah. He uh, was, he was he, putting up a double-double pretty consistently. He went from averaging just under seven boards a game in the regular season to nearly 10 a game in the playoffs. Yeah. A couple of games where he had like 12 and 14. Like, we needed it, too. Playoff career high for him, uh, that average. And, I mean, like, if we tend to trend small... Uh, this is really key. To yeah, that. absolutely. Is, it's paramount to that that being successful. And, you know, with Kawhi, like that's such a crucial thing that he can bring to the table. Mm -hmm. um, so in the absence of that, Paul George being able to be at that level uh, is huge. Yeah. Um, so what what should he be working on this offseason? I think the thing at every single person's list that's tangible, other than the people who are like, he needs to put in more effort, whatever. Um Turnovers. Compared to what? Yeah, turnovers. Ah, turnovers yes. is my number one thing. 100%. Paul George. And it was just under five in the regular season. And season. when you say just under five, it was literally 4.9. <laughs> like it is just under five. He might know the scorekeeper who gave him for that one game instead of five to keep it under five. But, and these are turnovers where there's at least, I'm comfortable to say, that there's at least one turnover per game with Paul George where it's him just kind of hurling the ball at like an assistant coach or an usher 
or a Staples red coat. Like it really, there's some turnovers where you're just like, dude, what is going on? Like, was it a misread? Did you get flustered? Something like that. So even just cutting down those turnovers, like if you just take out the outlier, like completely boneheaded for lack of a better word passes, he's down to like three a game. Actually, I misspoke. He was at like 3.3 a game. Oh, my bad. So that, no, that that's my bad. Uh, uh, you're that's, bad. That's my bad. That was um, a, that was a bad stat. You know, I, I rounded a little too high. Uh, <laughs> All right. Which so, will happen. so he's at like 3.3 per season. Yeah. Uh, which per game per game. Yeah. <laughs> per season. That'd be great. That'd be sick. Uh, man, we're fumbling these stats today. That's my bad. Uh, so like, three, what, what I said about the WTF passes, those happen every game. I mean, like that cuts out. Uh, I mean, such a good portion of them. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, I think that look. If you were to break down the film of what these 3.3 are, it's two bad passes to no one, and it's one way too loose of a handle yeah. uh, that either gets picked or off or a bad no call that he get that gets picked off or is just like, uh, I mean, outright fumbled. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of my biggest. And you know, like I said, there's kind of these intangible ones. Like he needs to be more aggressive, but I think that kind of plays into what your note is on here, which I think is a very good point. Yeah, so the free throw attempt rate is like... Bit of a bugaboo. So this is weird because, I mean... Look, this season was his lowest free throw attempt rate dating back to the 14-15 season. Wow. Uh, The thing that's hard is that it's not just on him. You know what I mean? I think For sure. I mean, we we talked about... He got a horrible whistle this year. Like we, the whistle on Paul George this year was non-existent. We talked about, um, you know, he was in the top twenty-five scorers uh, in the regular season, uh, and we looked at his number of free throw attempts, and it was like the second lowest <laughs> of those scores. I don't have yeah. the numbers right in front of me, but it was low. It was very sufficient low. to say uh, for how many points he was scoring. It was low in his field goal attempts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's not the only one dictating this, which is super rough. Yeah, but that's I, a good point. I think a thing he could tighten up is like. Maybe some of the sillier kind of foul baits where he is maybe looking to get bailed out on a possession. Because I think you toss in a couple of those and kind of look like a fool. Uh, It maybe makes the whistle a little harder, man. I'm not calling Paul George a fool. I'm just saying. (laughs) That's fair. Um, Also, the defensive end of the floor. Yeah. And I'm not saying he was a bad defender. He was still a very good defender. But there was a great 2-1-3 uh, hoops article about this that mentioned that he is kind of like every advanced be- defensive metric he went down in. Yeah. Um, this season. Worst defensive rating, which is a little bit difficult because once, te- yeah. once again, teams are scoring more. So, yeah. Um, and it seems like his like elite two way player status is now kind of elite offensive player. Still very good on the defensive end, is 100%. what I would say, right? 100%. Like, I mean, that's what this you, one feels kind of harpish. That's why you maybe give it the caveat of elite two way player, not elite defender. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure, I, I do think that's something that could be improved. I think we saw flashes of it. Um, I thought at times he was defensively better than Kawhi. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I. What is it going to take for Paul George to get back to that like that last year in OKC level? I mean, I think that was kind of peak Paul George. Yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way because we also saw peak Paul George in these playoffs. And if he's peak Paul George in the playoffs and he's 
just quote unquote regular Paul George, which is still a top 10 player in the NBA, fine with it. You know what I mean? It's like that. there was that Shannon Sharp clip where he was like basically mad that Paul George didn't have as good a stats as LeBron James. And it's like, yeah, he's not LeBron James. That's perfectly fine. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) He's still an elite guy. So do we see some of these things kind of turn a corner for Paul George, assuming that, I mean, he's going to be piloting the team for at least a section of this season. Like, do we see him maybe getting a little bit more into the realm of superstar calls, which he did not receive last season? I don't think so. Even if he's like the quote-unquote, you know, lone star on the team? I still don't think so. And what about... Strictly for the fact that I think every ref is a Twitter troll. So they they don't want to give him the calls. And what about, like, once again, what he did in OKC, like getting sort of into that MVP conversation? Like, if he's successfully able to pilot this team Mm -hmm. to a solid record without Kawhi, let's say, I mean, if he can keep us in the top, what, four or five in the West? Uh... Sans Kawhi? I mean, like, what does that do for you? Whew. I mean, there, there's a lot of what-ifs in that. That puts him in the MVP conversation because he has to be that good. Yeah. No disrespect to everyone else on the team, but the West is loaded. Yes. Um, And only gets healthier next year, apparently, except for our team. Yeah. So, no, that absolutely puts him in the MVP conversations. Think you can do it? No, but strictly because of bias. Whoa. It's not his fault. Oh, you, th- you think that he might not be in the MVP conversation or you think that he cannot pilot the team to fourth or fifth in the West? He can do that, but I don't think he'll be in the real MVP conversation because of bias. Yeah, fair enough. Because they'll enough. be like, this guy. Fair enough. I thought you were saying there's no way that he could pilot the team. Oh, no, not at all. West. No, no, no. I'm a soldier in the army of Paul George. <laughs> um, I'm a medic in that army. Um, man, God, I love Paul George. Uh, coming up, we're going to be talking uh, some draft talk as well as some Lonzo Ball talk, which just seems like it happens like every year with this Clippers team. But first, got to give a shout out to Bet Online. Yes. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but college uh, basketball is weirdly, I swear to God, I saw it on TV the other day and I was like, I'd love to bet on this. And you can bet on it at Bet Online. They even cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Uh, They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website, which is betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And now that I've bet, I am starving. What can I do about that? All right, you got to check out Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market. The new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious than before. It comes in 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut. The six new flavors include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar, sea, lemon, almond, cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Ooh, yummy. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. You want your protein bar to work for you, not the other way around. Built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Check out this flavor profile. Cherry Barcia, 17 grams protein, 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs all the good highs all the good lows and right now we have a very special offer for our listeners for a limited time you can get a free 
cooler with purchase. You heard that right. I limited know it sounds drop? a little insane. Is that a you limited could, drop? It is a very limited drop. You could get a free cooler, but this isn't going to last long. So go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. All right, welcome to shaving slash Lonzo Ball Talk. Let's get right into it. Um, the rumor mill is a buzz saying that the Pelicans are unlikely to match a significant offer sheet to Lonzo Ball. Apparently, the Clippers and the Bulls have interest. Dude, I feel like we go around this Lonzo Ball carousel like every year at some point. How do we feel about this? What is he? Really- I don't see it. My thing is like, so he shot 37% from three last year, which is a career high. I don't know how much I believe in what that. What were the attempts? I don't know. Fair amount. I don't know how much I believe in the shooting. I'd like to see it more. Like, if he continues to improve, make a trade for him at the deadline or something. But he just fits this, like, tweener guard thing the Clippers have been cultivating. You know what I mean? Where you have, like, like, like the, the two-and-a-half guard type thing. Like, he's going to be 24, which I like. He's going to be young. He brings some youth. But... I don't know. We'd be hard capped in this situation like 100%. And I think we, I don't think we could do this while keeping Batum and Reggie. So I'm just like, that just doesn't seem worth it. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Because uh, it's probably a sign and trade. I, th- I think a word that's like pulling a lot of weight for me in this is significant offer sheet, which is really yeah. not what the Clippers can offer. Um, well, there's this is where the sign and trade comes into play, where like we have to give up some package that has depth and definitely includes one of Terrence Manor of Itza Zubats. Here's my thing. Just for youth, because that's those are the only cheap youth guys we have. Here's my thing. This three point this jump in three point shooting does impress me. He's shooting 38. He shot 38 percent. Yeah, like he, he shot well. It's on like eight attempts. Eight attempts a game. Is that right? Eight attempts a game. Really? Good lord. Damn. Um but so here's the thing. Here's the thing about Lonzo for me. <laughs> Where does he fit on on this team? Because it's not with the starters. I have to be honest. I don't think that he is. If Reggie's back. If Reggie's back. Or like even if we want this to be a championship caliber team, Lonzo Ball is not your starting point guard. You're I'm putting- sorry. He doesn't finish. He doesn't get free throw attempts. And I think the passing is highly overrated. I mean, he's yeah. still, he has, what's his assist to turnover ratio? 5.7 assists, 2.2 turnovers. Eh, three to one. It's okay. That's that's pretty. You are an it's assistant decent. turnover that's ratio. That's pretty good. That, I it's mean, pretty good. Coach Updike likes that stat right there. Um, I think I kind of agree with you. And like, I just don't see it. And what we'd have to give up, it's like he's young Rondo to me. Uh, yeah, with I mean, less. he's young this year's. How many assists did he average per game? I mean, I know this is strictly box scoring right now. I didn't watch a lot of the Pelicans. He averaged 5.7, just under six. Okay. Um, I just think make I think I think getting it done is too big of a pain in the ass. Yeah. What do we give up? Is it a sign and trade? I don't want to do that. The Pels can have Rondo. Sure. Again. <laughs> it went well. Um yeah, we'll see what happens with that. We also the last clutch client we had was Trez, and that didn't work out very well. Um talking to some draft stuff. Uh JJ13 ball. Asks, what positions do you think we will look for in the draft this year? Well, so far, the Clippers have worked out Matthew Hurt, who's a power forward, who has a beautiful offensive game and a horrific defensive game, as we learned from... Dookie. From, uh, he is a dookie. 
as we learned from Sabrina Merchant, who is an expert on both men's and women's Duke basketball, we worked out Bones Highland. Love the name. Hey, here for the name. He's a point guard, 6'3", out of VCU with a 6'9", wingspan, compared to Lou Will in a couple draft breakdowns I read. Um, which, so there's this funny thing where it seems like everyone's saying like the Clippers need like a scoring guard who can kind of make things happen for himself offensively. Had it. Well, we had it. Um, and Reggie can do that. Sure. But it's just one of those funny things where it's like we had we had that and everyone told us to trade him. Um, he's a score first guard with off the dribble three capabilities. Shot 37% on eight three-point attempts per game his last year at VCU. Damn, those are Lonzo Ball numbers. <laughs> those are legit numbers. Um, also from his draft profile that I liked, he's got great defensive tools and a chance to be a lockdown defender. He's just got to put on some more weight, needs to take care of the basketball. His turnovers are kind of an issue. I don't know what the 25th pick. Why not? He's not seen any time. He's going to be in the G league. Like I like this pick bones bones. Can you put just bones on a Jersey or I mean, if they bring those nickname jerseys back, um, we also worked out Kyrie Walker. Yeah. Who's a. Two and a half guard, believe it or not. He's a shooting guard slash small forward. This, so here's my thing about Kyrie Walker. And I don't know how I feel about this. He's signed with the training pro program Chameleon BX, which is run. There's a shocking lack of info about. A terrifying lack of info about a supposed 12-month intensive to get high school prep stars ready for the NBA. They don't have a website. Um, it is run by um, Frank Matriciano, who is known as the Hell's Trainer. He rose to national prominence in 2008 when an SF Gate article profiled the intense workouts he built for his clientele, including Aaron Aflalo. Um, prospects get to watch film with former NBA coaches and all this stuff. But like, I, do, I, I don't like this particular instance of this. You love the NCAA and you think that everyone should play four years. I think that if you're going to go the, the sanctity of the sport. <laughs> yeah. I think if you're going to go the don't go to college route and I'm speaking as someone who I like information, there's no information on this program. Like they don't have a YouTube. Yeah. You type it in on YouTube. You see a profile on the trainer who definitely knows what he's doing. I'm not pretending like this is some weird shill thing, but like, and then the other clips are like Kyrie Walker himself talking about it. And he's not going to say it's bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was a five-star recruit out of high school, but like, I don't know, dude. I guess with the 25th pick, but like, I don't know. I don't trust the Clippers to draft well. So it seems like taking these unconventional, like this is the most unconventional route. This is more unconventional than Jay Scrub going to Juco. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the thing, the question that I have about this prospect in particular is just positionally, I feel like there's so much uncertainty. He's a quote unquote super athlete. Yeah. And he's like, he, but he's like in that six, five, six, six range. I mean, he's listed as a small forward in most places or a guard in some other places. And, I mean, just to be real, I think that 6'5 or 6'6 six, six is too small to be a small forward in the in the NBA That's right fair. now. Yeah. Uh, and he hasn't been like – and I know that like – so it seems like the knowledge you're getting from Chameleon BX is great and your conditioning is going to be great, but you're not – like are you – how many reps are you getting – against and this is why i wish i had the information are you getting against other elite prospects who are also going to be professional basketball players so i i which see, i know college is uh, like you're not obviously playing top tier all the time i see what you're saying and i think that that is a great point my counterpoint would be 
this can be much more a, a much more specialized developmental program for an athlete sure. than you would receive in, definitely in, in a collegiate like setting. Dave Jurger does with them like Mike Brown um, yeah. talks like that stuff is great yeah um, so I I mean I think that there is kind of value there because especially like man if you're not going to be like one of the best starters and you go to a you know like we see it all the time like guys who were you know kind of barely in the rotation at a bigger school. Um, you know, they don't get the development that they needed to in college. Right. And like, even though they have the big school name behind them, it's Doesn't like, what, what, what did they really gain from that experience yeah. versus just being in, um, you know, a more training intensive kind of a situation. That's a good call. Um, and I think that things like that can help with IQ and stuff. Obviously there's, and he was a five-star recruit. Yes, like, yes. So he was a five-star recruit that got knocked. He left school as a four-star recruit. And I'm pretty sure they took a star away because he just wasn't going to go play college basketball. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the NCAA sucks. Um, but hey, his high school stats, they're phenomenal. So yeah. a lot to see. He also did tweet out about this. The only way we're getting any information about Clippers workouts is from the people themselves. Yeah, for sure. For Which sure. is and annoying. He talks about being really honored to meet Jerry West. He thought, he thought that his workout went well. Not Jerry West, Walker. Um, Walker was like, Jerry, hit this three-cone drill. <laughs> Jerry, let me see if you got the shot. Show me why you're the logo, buddy. Um, all right, closing this one out. This has been an up-and-down pod. Um, happy late birthday to Patrick Beverly. Hey, he is a hearty 33. What would you get? Young Pat? 33. <laughs> Young bull-ish. Old bull, maybe, actually. <laughs> um, what would you get Pat Bev for his birthday? Uh, one ice cold Bud Light. Ooh. Have you ever? Nothing wrong with that. Just as a side note, have has someone ever come over to your house and given you one cold beer? Yeah. It's kind of. I, it's kind of like one of the nicer gestures. Like one, even if you have alcohol at your house, no, someone one, just comes over with one ice cold beer and you're like, huh, thanks. No, one ice cold beer is a fantastic gift because <laughs> it always, it's kind of a rare gift, but you're always like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I could, yeah, yeah. I could use one ice cold I'll beer crack, right I'll now. crack a brew. Um, that's a good one. I think I would get Patrick Beverly. What he needs to do is make a clothing line called A Kid from Chicago. And yeah. it's just black t-shirts that say A Kid from Chicago. Clippers color. Blue t-shirt. Clip, kid from Chicago. He's very into white t-shirts. Loves white tees. Um, I would get him a t-shirt that said Just a Kid from Chicago. Yeah. Be a good time. Yeah. Um, all right. Friday's episode. It's going to be our last show until the draft recap. We are going up to Alaska. We'll talk about it on Friday's episode. Um, we're going to have a whole segment on what we're doing in Alaska. I'm just kidding. Um, well, I have a note in here that says it's next season a revenge year for Kawhi. Hey, maybe part of it. Um, so we got to call a couple audibles and what we're talking about on Friday. We're absolutely going to have a love, Mary quarantine. Yep. End the week on some on a fun note. And of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, the offseason is fully upon us. Let's do our best to relax. Don't freak out about the Kawhi timeline. We'll know when we all know. That's how this goes. Let's pretend that Skip Bayless wasn't right. Um, Will, where can these people tell their hardworking, very much necessary United States Postal Workers to listen to us if they want something to listen to while they do their job? You can check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. or also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can also always tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clippers. It works flawlessly. As we mentioned, uh, you know, unfortunately, due to kind of the lack of news slash 
our personal lives. We are only coming at you three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Mm -hmm. However, we would still love to have you listen. We absolutely would. I have been Positive Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. We appreciate you.